Undercover Carson, secret agent. Operation Death Ray, an assignment in Rio. luxury of Sir Giles Davenport's Rio apartment, we'd often pondered on the possible connections between our many opponents. It was a shock to discover that Sally Bruin, known to us now as Melinda Cowan, was in league with Commander Julius Grant, and both of them were the now triumphant Charco. The truth about the lissom French-Italian dancer Faye Carilli was out too. She'd been in love with my former school chum, Roger Deauville, and had worked as a freelance agent in an attempt to get the death ray secret for him and so win his heart. But Deauville was a heartless fellow, and only Faye and his sister Helena Jensen shed tears at his passing. But it was far, far from the Davenport apartment when I heard Faye's story. It was in a gloomy storeroom at Charco's hideout, deep in the wilds between Rio and La Paz, Bolivia. We could hear the dark hum of the death ray as search planes came looking for the vanished airliners. It seemed that there was little we could do to help them, or ourselves until a voice came through the grating high on the storeroom door. Senor Carson, it is I, Angelo. Monsieur Bruce, this is a trick. Nothing of the sort, my dear. But it is not Angelo. I know he is dead. But this is his nephew. Another Angelo? So, and every bit as resourceful as his uncle. But, old chap, I, I thought I sent you back to Herman Nagel. I commenced to return, Senor, but the burden of concern for yourself grows too great. Well, you're here, so must use you. The door does not yield. I'm afraid not. Locked in well and truly. But I have the gun, Senor. I pass it through. Now, hold steady now. But, Monsieur Bruce, we use the gun to blow open the lock. The trouble is sometimes they don't blow. Then we try again. What, and bring Charco, Grant and the underlings scurrying? We wait until the rumble of the death ray fills every corner once again. That's still too risky. Oh, you waste precious time. No, no. Better way than this. Oh. Angelo. You know the layout of this place? I am able to find my way here, Senor. I know the way to escape. Do you know the big lounge up top at the front? See? Where this Chuck or the evil one makes his threats to you. Mm, that's it. Now, old chap, it was there he relieved me of my pipes. Of that I am also aware. Right then. I'd like to have the lot with me. However, we don't want anyone to spot that they're missing. Just get the one that becomes a skeleton key, you know it? Indeed, you explained to me well the powers of these pipes, Senor. Right then. Go to it. At once, Senor. I will return when I have the pipe. The good spirits are with me. Monsieur Bruce, why you not take the gun? I said why, my dear. Besides, young Angelo must have some protection. And there's the ray again. Another unsuspecting search plane being destroyed, no doubt. But at least it means that Angelo has a chance to get at the pipe. But when he delivers it to you here, Monsieur Bruce, you open his door for us? Well, I hope so. If you're not... Well, must make other arrangements. Oh, mon Dieu, it all seems so hopeless. I was beginning to think so myself until the arrival of Angela. But if we escape from this place, if we avoid this terrible ray of death... And we take shortest route to where friend Herman Nagel's brought down his seaplane. You trust this man? Don't want to make the picture gloomier by not trusting him. Yes, yes, I do. And then it is for me to make the picture more filled with gloom for you. It is upon the plane of this Monsieur Nagel that Chaco arrives here with me. Oh, I rather suspected that. Yet you still trust him? So? It seems he's had a change of heart. But just what do you know about him, Faye? So very little. He is a man filled always with anger. His words are spoken with rudeness. And I tell you this, Monsieur Bruce. 
When we leave from Rio de Janeiro for this hateful place, he argues with Chaco. It is a great argument. What about, you know? So very much of it does not reach my ears, but it is about me that they quarrel. How so? I think that Monsieur Nagel does not wish me to come to this place. Hmm. Now, why would that be? I not know. But of course I am all eager to come. It is before I discover the fate of Roger. Poor Roger. Yes, I realize how distressing it is for you. But uh, best I don't comment. Oh, there goes the devilish thing again. I shudder when I think of what evil it will do in Chaco's hands. Perhaps it is better that Roger is dead. In his hands, his weapon would not ever have reached the proper people. Mm, so, we know all about that. About the crowd he was working for. I suppose you cannot understand my craze for him. Yes, I think so. He had looks, charm when he liked. And when other women, like the red-headed painter of the birds, make play for him, then I am all the more determined. Oh, Hetty Fitzhenry, eh? Yes, unhappy soul, too, I fear. But no one more unhappy than me. It is the badness in me, Monsieur Bruce. Badness? How so? Oh, something within me uh, attracts me to what is wrong. As when I dance, Monsieur Bruce, I always wish to dance in most abandoned and wicked of dances. But now I never dance again. Oh, nonsense. But here we are trapped. There is no mercy in the heart of Chaco. Yeah, still a chance to escape. Have a steady now. Somebody coming. Is it Angelo, perhaps? Angelo wouldn't be letting his footsteps be heard. Oh, mon Dieu. Besides, I, I seem to hear more than one set. Oui, it is the end. No, I mustn't give up. I'll know who it is in a moment. Open up, Antonio. Yes, Julius Grant. Another loathsome person. Ah, thank you, Antonio. Well, there, Carson. I dare say you've been hearing us at work. What do you want now, Grant? A little civility would be in keeping with the situation. I can't oblige, sorry. I rather think you will, in due course. <laughs> but um, I've been thinking over Chaco's proposition. What, to throw in my lot with birds like yourself? <laughs> you must be crazy to as much as ask me. However, Chaco is most anxious. Have nothing to do with them, Monsieur Boss. No, don't worry, my dear, I won't. Sorry to disappoint you, cousin, but I must tear you from the side of Mademoiselle Carelli. Chaco wishes to speak to you once again. Chalco had disposed of three search planes and had amused himself by trimming the jungle from a mountaintop a good three miles away. He was still strutting about in his gaucho costume and his young wife, Melinda, was there. She had completely discarded the mask of helpless innocence that she'd worn as Sally Bruin. I stole a look towards my captured pipes but couldn't make out whether or not they were all there. Of course, Mr. Carson. I never really thought you would decide to join up with us. Well, then why make the offer? Merely as a preliminary to a further proposition. But uh, first I would like you to see a demonstration of the power of this weapon. I have a fair idea, Chaco. But you've only seen it from a distance, Bruce. Did anyone ask you to butt in? Take care, Mr. Carson. You are speaking to my wife. I'm speaking to a young woman who must have one of the most twisted natures I've ever known. I have warned you, Mr. Carson. I wouldn't trifle with our Chaco, old man. All right, then. Let it pass. You will understand, Mr. Carson, that Melinda is a person of great talent. With me in the position I will undoubtedly hold in this world of ours, she will have full scope for her very considerable histrionic and creative ability. But now, whether you wish it or not, you will see the ray in action. Commander. You wish the doctor to start? Indeed. Upon that mountaintop, four miles away. Yes, he's standing by for the signal. 
Yeah. I pressed the button. Now, Mr. Carlson. <laughs> I see you are impressed. Impressed? I'm appalled. Jungle is just eaten away in sheets of flame. And the very earth itself can be made to crumble if we care to bring the ray up to its full power. <laughs> that will be enough, Commander. Very good. I'll signal through to the doctor. Who might the doctor be? Oh, one of the many very able assistants I have assembled. And your assistance would be most welcome, Mr. Carson. Yeah, but as I said, you're not getting it. Yes, yes, but Melinda has solved all that for us, my dear. It's all very simple. Go ahead. Bruce, I always promised myself I'd get even with Faye Corelli. Why, for heaven's sake... Oh, she seemed to have first call on your time. Oh, don't tell me it made you jealous. Not in the way you'd like to think. But jealous that she should have your company when I could be finding out what you were doing. I see. And I would like to, well, get her out of the way. But in the interest of our cause, I'm prepared to forego that little treat. Provided, of course, you meet our demands. Throw in my lot with you, I suppose. Yes. And do not waste effort telling us how impossible that is, Mr. Carson. You're starting to understand how I feel, I think. But let us hope that you understand why we crave your help. You see, should you announce to the outer world the power of this death ray, announce that it is folly to attempt to oppose it, then I feel sure it will make a wide impression. And um, what if I still refuse? Melinda will dispose of Mademoiselle Carelli in whatever manner she chooses. The same way she took care of Jacob Bruin, perhaps. And what way was that? Well, dope of some sort, I expect. A good guess, Bruce. But I think Faye might serve as an experiment for the ray. It'll be interesting to see what strange dance she performs. <laughs> You'd stop at nothing, wouldn't you? Melinda and I are both of the one strong mind, Mr. Carson. We realize that you might like a little time to consider this proposition. And we feel that you may be influenced in our favor should you be in the company of Mademoiselle Caroline herself. Commander. Yeah, very good, Chaco. I'll take him back to the storeroom at once. With that ultimatum, our only hope lay more than ever with young Angela. As the traitorous Julius Grant escorted me from the smouldering eyes of Chaco and the mocking smile of his wife, I glanced again at my captured pipes. I couldn't spot the one that harboured a skeleton key in its long, fat stem, and when I was alone again with Faye, I could hardly wait for Grant and his Indian henchmen to walk out of range. Angela returned, or when you were taken away. With the pipe? We. Oui. Good for him. But he refuses to leave it here. Refuses? How so? He believes that I am not to be trusted. Oh, I implore him, but he says no. It is from his dead uncle that he learns what is so wrong about me. Uh, can't blame him, I suppose. But he's so foolish. Now, hold it, my dear. I said, here's some sort of scuffle or something. I suppose what is it? Quiet now. You're a waste of time, struggling young fellow. If you're so anxious to do something for Carson, then in you go with him and explain how you are caught. Oh, Monsieur Bruce, what happened? It seems clear enough. Young Angelo's been captured as well. So there it was, crying his apologies to us, moaning that he was unfit to bear the name of his noble uncle, young Angela was thrown into the storeroom with us. It seemed hopeless, 
that we would have one final chance yet in Operation Death Ray. Undercover Carson is written by Michael Noonan and produced by E. Mason Wood for Macquarie Broadcasting Service. <laughs>